BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Julie. And I am Corey. And I gotta tell you, we are starting season three of BizQuick off with a bang. So this is season three, episode two, and today's guest is Ian Smith. So if you are on the internet at all, you know who Ian is. Ian is an entrepreneur. He's a public speaker. He's the co-owner of the Atlas Gym in Belmar, New Jersey, and he is the co-owner of Rock Bottom Nutrition. He's a first form and game up nutrition athlete, and he is the beard struggle model, which is probably what we're going to spend most of our time talking to him about. That's all I want to talk to him about. So. Like, why do you want to be a, what's it like to be a beard model? How do I become a beard model? <laughs> right. Yes. yes. So many questions, but... Um, this is going to be an interesting podcast. I'm really excited to have him on, as I'm sure you are. Um, and I, I just, I, I'm looking forward to see where this conversation goes. I'm sure that Ian is, um, you know, used to being asked a lot of questions around Governor Murphy and everything that's happening in um, New Jersey and on the political front. But I, we're really interested in talking to him about. Just standing by his convictions, doing the right thing, and and being an entrepreneur in a time when it feels like so many people are just going along to get along, to just get to the other side of whatever it is that's happening in our country, and he's really standing his ground. Sure. So for um, those of our listeners who aren't sitting in front of a computer, maybe they're out for a walk in their car, can you give us like a quick 15-second recap of... Like who Ian is, and yeah. Why why the internet knows who he is. Okay, so Ian um, is he, as I said, he's a, he co-owns a gym in New Jersey, Southern New Jersey, and from the very beginning, he has refused. Him and his business partner Frank have refused to comply with the governor government overreach and the just the ridiculous mandates, and so they have had. Um, I, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in fines levied against them. We'll get the exact amount from Ian, I'm sure, when he's on. Um, He has never shut down. They have actually seized their bank accounts, and so they really run their business pretty much off of, like, donations and PayPal at this point. Um, And he's just been very vocal. Like, he... He doesn't wear a mask when he travels, um, and he's been kicked off of at least one airline. I know he was bi- banned from American Airlines, but he has really stood up for. He basically he has been standing up against tyranny, and he is. Is that how you say it? Or is tyranny. It tyranny. So close. I was like, "Who's tyranny?" I know. <laughs> I know. Listen, you can let's let's mock me later about that. <laughs> but um, he's just been he's vocal, and he believes in freedom and he is a fighter for what's right and that's what i want to cover in this episode is just talking about standing up for what you believe in in a business even if it's unpopular and personally like i i'm not a big fan of government overreach into how telling me how or anybody how they can run their business or if they should run their business or any of that like the government has no place in that in my opinion for the most part there are 
some things that we need. There are some regulations because there are some shysty people out there, etc. So shysty. But by and large, it was like over a decade ago. This was the summer of 2009. Virginia passed the smoking ban indoors. And as a smoker at the time, I was still like, oh, this is probably this is a pretty good idea because smoking, you know, in, in, in restaurants is pretty terrible. But I was also just pissed off. Like, smoking's still legal. It, it's if you're 18, over 18, you can still smoke cigarettes or cigars or whatever. But in my place of business, my private property, you're telling me that I can't have that happen. And that really annoyed me. Because mm-hmm. there's no, like either make them illegal or don't tell me what I can or can't do in my business. And the whole thing is, well, it's the, for the protection of your employees or customers. Work somewhere else. Go eat somewhere else. <laughs> like that's that's the way that it should be because if if it was truly something that employees and customers had a problem with, they would stop showing up. And then I would have to change my business in order to to meet what like the the trends are to meet the customer demand. Yeah. It's funny though that you went all the way back like a decade ago to find the late to find an example of government overreach. I mean, well, but that's uh, I'm just saying like that's like just a very simple example and I think that most people can agree on that, but it's still one of those things where I'm like even though I agree that there probably shouldn't be smoking in restaurants because it's gross, I still don't want the government making that decision for me. Right. Yes. Yeah. I just I think the government if there's a way for them to make money off of something that we're doing, they're going to find it. They're going to figure it out. Um, and control, gaining control. And it feels more and more lately like removing freedoms really is what it feels like. It, Yeah, I would agree there because it's just it, – we should be adults. We should be able to make our own decisions. And should it feels be. like less and less – and again, we're just, we're, we're just being told to – it's like your choice. Nobody's telling you to come shop in my store. Nobody's telling you to go to my gym. Like, uh, I don't know. I yeah. don't get it. But anyway, standing up for what you believe in is what we're we're supposed to be talking about. That is what we're supposed to be talking about. And I am, it's hard. Like, for whatever reason, it feels like that is a very challenging thing for many entrepreneurs to do. And I think the reason why is because... If I stand up for what's right, I might alienate some people or, you know, piss some people off and then maybe they're not going to spend their money with me. But you and I both know that's okay because not everybody can be your customer. But we still seem to have this notion of I don't want people to dislike me. Yeah. it. And again, it could be it could be a pandemic or it could just be the type of products you sell in your store. It's like, oh, I need to cater everybody. No, you don't. And and that's perfectly fine. And and when you're saying like you need it when you're standing up for what's right, it might not even be right. It's what you believe in. And that's what's important. It's what Correct. you believe in. Because it's what it, you believe in. It could be, I mean, it, it could be wildly unpopular and that's fine. But as long as you're staying true to your convictions, in theory, you're going to connect with your target market. You're going to, you're going to build the business that you want to build with the people who you want to buy from you to be a part of your service, whatever it is. Yeah, people in your network. So, all right, let's wrap it up and let's bring in Ian and find out what he has to say. 
With so many things competing for our attention these days, efficiently acquiring and retaining customers is critical for small businesses. And that's why we launched Certivium, the newest business from the SB Pace team. Certivium is a business created specifically for entrepreneurs who need a hand with customer service, customer engagement, and social media management. We are an affordable option that any small business looking to grow needs to help maintain the most important part of their business, their customers. Find out if Certivium is right for your business at certivium.com. All right. Welcome back to the show. We have got Ian Smith. Ian, thank you for joining us. It's a thrill to have you on the show today. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. You're welcome. I want to get the big question out of the way right away, and then we can move into some lighter topics. What is it like sure. to what is it like to be a beard model? <laughs> Very easy, actually. Um, the only requirements for the job is that I don't shave, um, and I go to a good barber. So it's uh, it's you know it's a rough job. Somebody has to do it. <laughs> I know Corey has a little envy. He wants to be a beard model. I don't know if I want to be a beard model, but it is, it would be, a, I wouldn't mind making a couple extra dollars here and there, you know? It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Especially yeah. when the government tells you you can't work. Exactly. <laughs> well, listen, you open the door on that. So let's go there next. Um, we talked on the front end, Corey and I, about the challenges that some entrepreneurs have with doing the right thing or standing up for what they believe is right versus just going along to get along. Um, because for fear of losing customers or sales or having people, you know, talk shit about you or whatever it is. So what's, what's it been like for you the last, gosh, it's been almost two years now, right. Of just pure and total shit. You know, um, it's been a, a, it's been an absolute shit show. Um, but that being said, it doesn't mean that you can't find ways to kind of thrive and not only survive, but, and survive and thrive in those kind of you know situations. And that's kind of what the entrepreneurial spirit is all about. Like business isn't always going to be easy. Um, and it's very likely that multiple times throughout, you know, whatever business career you have, you're going to be faced with some very hard choices, um, whether they be unknowns or whether they be something brand new, like what a lot of business owners are facing today, or uh, even down to the mundane tasks of, of firing a, an employee who's really a good person, but just not a great worker. You know, it's life and business are both full of challenges. And um, I think a lot of what you're seeing now is um, a lot of people maybe necessarily aren't up to those challenges um, because a lot of people aren't making the right decision when it comes to their businesses. They're they're being very nearsighted. Um, And I think that they're reading the temperature of the business community very wrong in a lot of cases. I mean, unless you're in these situations like you may be in New York or something like that, but even, even in a situation like that, businesses that have stayed open have gotten a tremendous amount of support. Um, I think people really get cold feet, especially with that, the angry people calling. Um, and, and, you know, we got that for months on end. Um, our phone would ring hundreds, if not thousands of times per day, some days. Um, and, we answered every phone call because there was no way to tell what was good and what wasn't. And there was a tremendous amount of good. Um, And what we learned was when you do the right thing as a business owner and you allow people the freedom to choose, um, people will support you incredibly because they do appreciate that. Um, So for every negative call that we got and nasty threat that we got, we got 10 times the amount of support um, 
not only in in quality but the quantity the people that supported us on day one still support us today the people that were angry and upset with us on day one moved on to 12 other things that they were angry and upset about since then um so it's it's been it's been a huge learning experience i think we've learned a lot about business we've learned how to pivot and pivot and pivot and problem solve uh beyond what i even thought was uh, within my own capabilities one of the things that always just annoys me when people are talking about business owners making whatever decision it is that they happen to make, they always make it seem like the owner's doing it in a vacuum, that they're being selfish. They're only thinking of themselves when you have so many other things to think about. You have to think about your employees, but you have to think about your customers. You have to think about your clients. You have to think about your community. You have to think about what you're offering and, and standing up for what it is that you believe in affects those people and that's you know and those people depend on you for whatever it is that you're selling and that's something that nobody really talks about they just say oh look at this asshat he's not closing his business or he's not supporting this or he's supporting that when in the end you know it's 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 much bigger than that yeah and it's you know people are very quick to judge these days um you know, and, and whatever your belief is, you should act on it. You know, you should never act on, you know, if, if you if you really believe that you should shut your business down and you need to you need to do these things. Uh, you know, I take a pro liberty approach to that kind of stuff. You know, that's that's up to you, um, you know, but at the same time, don't criticize somebody else for for offering a service to the community that you no longer do. Uh, and also don't be mad when that business flourishes um, because you made a bad business choice. Um but I, I think that if more business owners were true to what they believed instead of acting in this uh, reactionary manner, um, I think it'd be a lot more smooth sailing for those business owners. You know, Because as far as business goes, despite all of the chaos that we've endured and still go through on a daily basis with our fight with the state of New Jersey government, um, business is good. I mean, we, we took over the gym um, – Nine months prior to COVID, it was an absolute dumpster fire of a gym. There was about 100 people a day walking through. There was no environment, no enthusiasm, nothing worked. Um, And within nine months, when COVID came or when COVID um, lockdowns came, we were doing um, 250 people a day on average. And and these days, on a slow day, we do 550. Um, And that just goes to show that no no matter what your beliefs are, People will support you for for being true to them um, and and offering something to the community. You know, we we understood our community. Um, we're not the typical gym in the sense, you know, we're not uh, these very sterile, you know, kind of stagnant environments that are very quiet. You know, we're a loud uh, we're a loud group. There's a a whole variety of people that come to the gym from different demographics, but everybody has united. Um, or something that unifies them at the gym. And everybody's a really hard worker. Everybody takes their health very seriously. Um, Our members come five, six days a week on average. You know, so for us to close that type of environment for these people, there was all sorts of repercussions. You know, a lot of these people are are veterans. A lot of these people are people that are in recovery and that have had several years sober or clean. and, And the gym is part of their lifestyle. So we knew our market and, and we stayed with it and we stayed true to what our, what, what we wanted and, and what our market would also support. There, man, there are so many things I want to say right now. So um, the, I want to ask you about sort of that point of no return, right? So fairly early on, 
you do make a decision. You decided, you and Frank decided we're not closing. We're going to keep our doors open. And we were reopening, but yes. Okay. Reopening because did you close for a bit for a bit? We did. We did. And the only reason we didn't want to from the beginning, but the only reason that we did is that we didn't have enough information about the threat um, or the perceived threat to stay open confidently. Um, so we shut our doors and, and we sort of said, okay, we'll see what, you know, we'll see what government does. You guys said 14 days. You guys said you'll be there to help us. Okay. You know, and 14 days came and went very quickly and there was no help in sight and there was no end in sight. And that's when we decided, okay, we're going to educate ourselves beyond any doubt as to what we're actually up against. Um, and when, when we did, we came to the conclusion that we could operate safely um, in a COVID environment or, or in another public health crisis. Um, and, and so we opened two months later and at that point we vowed never to close our doors ever again. And did you, did, was there ever a point where that vow of never closing your doors became a little bit of an anchor because now they're going after your bank accounts They're I mean, they, they have made your life hell. And they've done everything they can to make your life hell. And and you have just stayed very true to it. But were there moments where you're like, oh, man, this is this is so much more brutal than we ever thought it was going to get? Uh, yes, both. Um, you know, we in, in all of the ways that we were unfortunate, Frank and I, as business partners, uh, we have a, a relationship that works very, very well. Uh, Frank's about 20 years older than me. He's been in business a lot longer. Um, Frank is somebody who has earned everything he's ever gotten, you know, and, and I have too. So when we made that decision to open, it was, there was a lot of reasons behind it. You know, one of it was uh, the, the very obvious one is that we had built something that we had worked for our entire lives. You know, Frank is 52 years old. I'm 35 years old. We put, we're not, we're not, you know, gym owners who have multiple gyms and, you know, drive Lamborghinis, you know, we're too middle-class workers um, who built their own businesses separately from one another and came together and said, let's work together and let's make something phenomenal. Um, and we had always dreamed of the exact gym that we have. Um, so part of the obvious reason to, to open was nobody was going to take that from us. We were, we were going to lose it. You know, we had just opened the gym nine months earlier with every penny we ever had. We still hadn't taken a paycheck. We had put every dollar we had back into the gym. And there, you know, for for anybody to assume that we can just oh pay our bills and stay closed with no income, you know th that shows a very <laughs> a very ignorant approach to what business actually looks like, um, especially a new business. But even any business, um, that type of cash just doesn't sit on hand, and it's not just waiting in some vault at the bank where we can pay our bills. So we opened for the obvious, but we also opened because we just didn't like what was going on. You know, we, we were still working. We were there every day and, and we, on the way home, we were fixing stuff and whatever. And on the way home, you know, we would pass these malls that were packed with people. And it's like, you can only take so much of the hypocrisy before you realize this isn't fair. You know, a, a Walmart can be shoulder to shoulder as long as, you know, people wipe down the front of their cart with a Lysol wipe and, and slap a surgical mask or, or a bandana or a napkin over their face. Meanwhile, we're losing everything that we have um, while, you know, people are living at home on paychecks. We didn't want to get, you know, people like us weren't getting paychecks. We weren't getting an extra $600 a month in unemployment. Um, we weren't making the type of money where you got all these stimulus bills or these stim the stimulus money. So, but also 
looking beyond that where nobody should have to go through this. You know, it's, it's not right that any business or any person who's a hardworking, self-reliant individual is being put to their knees because of something that is completely out of their control. You know, if you fail in business and you suck at business, oh, well, you know, it's not for everybody. But we're watching people left and right lose their businesses to no fault of their own because they were they were trying to be a quote unquote good person and listen to this this nonstop 24 seven guilt trip of covid um, where where you were responsible for every death and every hospitalization, no matter who you were or what you did, you know, just for breathing and existing, you were killing people. And it was it, it was we had enough. It wasn't a world that we wanted to, to be living in, and it wasn't a world that we wanted to leave to our families and our children, and, and, and that was it. So when we opened, it was a hard line in the sand, and we knew that, that there was no going back once we did it. You know, we, we, we were opening, and we, we had a feeling we were going to meet some resistance. Did we know that it was going to be like this? Absolutely not. Um, but we knew that there was going to be some resistance and Frank and I made a promise to each other and we've, we've done handshake deals from day one when we worked alongside each other It's a handshake deal till the wheels fall off. You know, there was no backing out. It was, you know, it was, we're, we're going to see this thing all the way through win or lose. Um, and that, that promise means a lot to both of us. And, um, we're both very fortunate to have business partners because there's a lot of people who have business partners who weren't on the same page and stuff like that. Um, but because of that promise to each other and because we were both all in the days that I'm like, I can't take this anymore. Frank is there 150%, you know, and on the days that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm running high, you know, he can, he can relax. And the days that he's doubting himself, he can, he can hear, he can be with somebody who understands exactly what he's going through. Um, so that made it very unique for us because I don't think a lot of people had that either. They were solo or they had business partners or they were part of a franchise or there were all these other variables that they, they had to put out on the table. One of the things that, um, really bugs me when, uh, about what you're talking about is that you, you, you did the right thing. You closed down because you didn't know, like you didn't have enough information. You took a look around, you assessed you made an educated decision and you reopened. You admitted, hey, you know, I was possibly wrong or if, whatever. Like, I can change my opinion. I can change direction because I have new information. And the thing that bugs me when it comes to government, local government especially, is like they make a decision. If they're wrong, they double down on it. They're like, oh, no. Yes. And, <laughs> and it's, yeah. like, it's like there's no admission of, of fault or, or being wrong. And that just drives me insane because like it, it – it's obvious to everybody, but then people, like you said, they don't want to, they don't want to speak out or possibly their business partner doesn't want to, to like rock the boat or, or whatever it is. And I mean, that's such an important part of, of what you have going on as well is that you've got that culture where you and Frank are on the same page. And I would imagine that most of your staff, if not all of yeah. your staff and, and the people who come to your gym, they're all, they're all on, on board with, you know, your culture. No, it, and that's, you know, that's something I think that we, we, we wanted to establish at the gym anyway, um, was a, was a tight knit family, but we definitely sort of stumbled into what we have now. You know, I, I think that when we reopened, it was right message, right time. It was, it was just long enough that people were the, the early adopters of, uh, whatever you want to call anti-COVID people, um, <laughs> the early adopters to 
people that were were viewing this as something far more dangerous than a than a, a quick lockdown. Um, they were fired up and ready, and um, there was a lot of people kind of in the middle who were starting to question. You know, again, you can only watch so much of the the hypocrisy and the double standards and the you know the the conflicting information before any any rational person just kind of starts asking some questions. And, and I think that that was right at that time. Um, but it was also at the right time where people were still insanely afraid of it too. So what that did was give us the weapon of exposure. Um, and we grew tremendously from that exposure because, you know, we weren't the only business to open, um, but we did so, so publicly and so loudly. And then we refused to back down. And when the state would double down, we would double down. Um, and it just turned into this this rapid escalation where, you know, one day we were opening our gym, we were getting citations. And, you know, a couple months later, we were being fined $15,000 per day, you know, and, and just a couple months after that, we were having our bank accounts uh, seized. And, and, and a couple months after that, we were camping inside the gym with the doors taken off, running a 24 hour gym so that they couldn't come and physically lock our doors. Um, so it was this constant double down and, and we wanted, we wanted to, to, we wanted to show that because we had a feeling that these people were at the least, um, extremely selfish and extremely ego maniacal. Um, and in, and in some cases, and I do believe that there's a spectrum of people involved. I think a lot of these people are very selfish and ego maniacal. And I think on the, on the, on the far end of that spectrum, a lot of these people are downright nasty people, um, who are driven by greed, who are driven by, you know, um, just wanting to control things and, and just not, not your regular average person that most of us think that most people are good. Um, and we knew that there would be an escalation and we wanted to show the world how far that these people would go, um, to ensure our compliance, especially as it drug on, you know, as of today, we have 320, uh, over 320,000 visits to the facility and not a single outbreak has been linked. And we have every single slip of every person who's ever come. You know, so the, the longer it drug on and the crazier they acted, the more it made our case very clear that we were in the right. I love that you track that data of how many visits and no COVID outbreaks. I want to ask you a question that's a little bit different. Um, I am curious how so we we definitely we can all see the very big pros of um how standing up and doing what's right um and you are so known and let's let's just like i'm gonna say famous i'm using air quotes but i don't even know that air quotes are like really needed at this point because everybody knows who you are right so we the pros are that you have an audience and you can speak about what's actually happening and give facts and data and you can really help you're helping small businesses. What are some of the cons of how well known you are now and like how just everybody knows you everywhere you go and you're just, you're, I mean, I'm guessing one of them is that you constantly have to create backup social media accounts, but what are some of the other cons that have happened as a result of how popular and famous you have become over the last, you know, one almost two years now um you know there's there's a there's definitely a lot of pros and there's definitely some cons i think i think the pros certainly outweigh it when you approach the situation correctly it's a very weird thing 
to go from some random guy who lives in South Jersey, um, who owns a gym in a town that nobody ever heard of to, um, to, to the, whatever you want to call, um, I was doing interviews three, four times a day on national television for months at a row in a row and, and speaking at, at rallies. And it, so it's, it's a very weird experience going from somebody that, you know, is just a regular person to now all of a sudden all eyes are on you. Um, and it's, 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 if you don't approach it the right way, it can blow up in your face. Um, you know, because people are, people are watching you and, the reason that people are watching you is, is because that they admire and respect you. So with that sort of, uh, I guess you could call it like a hero syndrome, people assume that you are going to be like a perfect individual um, because they, they admire you so much. So when you don't live up to their expectations and stuff like that, or, or when you, when you just make mistakes, um, you have to deal with not only the, the mistake itself and, and what you would normally deal with, but like the scrutiny of people who don't actually know you. And that's something that you have to learn to deal with. Um, and you, you can't kind of let it drag you down because a lot of people can get really worried in the negative, um, especially just by people who just plain out don't like you. Um, you know, being well known comes with the other side of the coin as of, of being uh, very disliked as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's um, for me personally, you know, there were things that in my past um, that were made, I, I guess you could call them made public, even though they were public, um, but they were made nationally public. You know, when I was 20 years old, I was in a car accident that was 100% my fault. I was driving um, in a manner that I just frankly should not have been. And I caused the death of a young man. Um, and that was something that I had, I had dealt with and I had, I had dealt with, uh, a lot of the fallout. I did prison time. Um, I even made some reconciliations with some family members. I spoke publicly about it at high schools. And this was something that was, uh, 15 years ago. And then all of a sudden, um, and not, and it wasn't something I was ever ashamed of talking about because I was able to own up the fact that I, I, I did something terrible. Um, but I had always spoken about it to people who were trying to be understanding. Um, you know, when I was going and speaking at, at high schools and stuff like that, it was an audience of, of kids that were not much younger than I was at the time uh, who were who were open to learn about the dangers of drug and alcohol and, and the dangers of just being a reckless kid like I was. And then all of a sudden I wake up one morning and on, you know, on the front cover of of every single web page, you know, Fox, this and that, it's, you know, New Jersey defiant gym owner, um, you know, uh, opens his gym despite coronavirus lockdowns and threatens others just like he did 14 years ago when he was driving his car and killed somebody. And then all of a sudden you have to answer to people who don't, don't even really care that that's the really upsetting part about that is these people are using that as ammunition because they don't like you. Um, but you can't ignore it and you have to address it and you have to hear these people, um, who, who think you're a piece of shit. Um, and, and in many cases, rightfully so. So there's, that's, that was a big one for me to learn how to handle. Um, just because you want to get angry, uh, you, you want, there's all these emotions, but you, you have to maintain composure. You have to allow people to express themselves, you know, just like you would want to be, you, you would want to express yourself. Um, so that's probably like the big one. And then the other is uh, there's a there's a huge responsibility to people who look up to you to continue to be somebody they look up to. 
you know, if, if they tune into your social media and they follow you on social media, it's, or if they listen to your podcast or whatever it is, and it, and it, that grows and grows and grows. And you have people who are extremely loyal to you. Um, they want to know what you're thinking. And so they want to hear you comment on everything and they want to know your input on everything. Um, so that's just, you know, and you just have to learn how to, to navigate it. But I don't, I don't think either of those are a bad thing. I think there's a, a lesson that you can learn in any of the bad with this stuff. Yeah. I, I, I love when people find ways to weaponize your past or your, your words, um, against you. Um, we need to start wrapping up. There is one quick thing that I want to just make sure that all of our listeners are aware of. And that is despite all of the things that have been happening, um, with, um, your gym and the government, the state of New Jersey, you know, taking control of your bank accounts and everything, you guys are still continuing to do charity events for people. You still continue to raise money, get gifts, do things like charity. So there's, there is like, that is above and beyond. I think what most people would even begin to think about being able to do when they're just like dog paddling to survive. But not only are you surviving and thriving, but you're finding ways to give back to so many other people. And I just want to make sure that our listeners know that about you. Thank you. You know, it's, it's something that is important both to Frank and I, um, Hey, it's something we like doing anyway, you know, besides all this, but through all of this, people have been extremely generous to us. And it's important that we reciprocate that generosity back into the communities. Um, so we, yeah, we have, and we have some fun with it. We throw, we throw some good parties. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's something that is really important to us because again, people are looking to us as, as some sort of leaders and, that's really what it's all about. You know, people helped us. And uh, the last thing that you would want to do is take that help and and not repay it in some way. Yeah, I love that. Ian, thank you so much for giving so generously of your time to us today. We really appreciate Absolutely. it. Is there anything that we can do for you and tell our listeners how they can find you as if they don't already know? <laughs> um, well, it can be hard to find me sometimes on social media. Well, first of all, if you're ever in the Jersey, Philadelphia area and you want to stop by, we are open 365 days a year, even on holidays. Uh, we'll be open on Christmas morning and we're open every single holiday. Uh, it's always free for everybody. We do not have a business license. We, we operate on donations and, and just we get by by selling T-shirts and, and thinking of other ways. So come on by. Um, that's our favorite way that people su support us is come, come to the gym because if we, if we had done this and we, we opened the gym and nobody gave a shit and nobody wanted to come to the gym, uh, we would have, we would have been hot water real quick. But so that's, that's something we get to meet everybody and, and people do it a lot and it's, it's a great environment to come check out. Um, another way if you, if you ever want to help is just continue to share the story. That's been our, you know, people always think about the, the financial means of support and that's, that's all well and good. And, and we need that as well. But we, we were able to stay afloat and stay alive through all of this by the fact that so many people took interest and, and not only took interest, but cared about our story and shared it every single update, anything that was going on, they shared it and, and we were unstoppable because of that. So that's always a way to help. And you can find us at theattilisgym.com, and that's A-T-I-L-I-S. There's a link if you want to donate. We have a book coming out about all of this that was written uh, in the next month or so. We have a whole bunch of T-shirts. That's kind of how we pay our bills. And uh, you can follow me on social media. It's Ian Smith Fitness Returns on Instagram. 
and the gym Instagram is the Attilus Gym. So we're at, we're active on Instagram the most. That's where we can be loud and visual. Um, but we, we we welcome you guys to come to the gym anytime. Perfect. I think what we'll do in your case, Ian, is we're going to put your phone sites link in uh, the show notes there you go. rather than any of your social you media go. links because who knows how quickly they're going to change. Um, yeah. Thank you again um, for, for coming on the show and thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this and everything that you need to know is going to be in the show notes. And if you want to work with us, uh, head on over to our website, sbpace.com. We've got free content out there. Or if you're looking for some social media help or possibly customer service engagement, anything like that, we also have Certivium, our other business. We can help you with that. All of that, you can find all of that on our website, sbpace.com, and connect with us on our social, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and we have a YouTube channel. And our handles never change because, well, we're just not that important. (laughs) Um, Be sure to download and rate our podcast, and we would love it if you subscribed and actually gave us a written review. And go ahead and reach out about any topics. And hey, in case you don't know, we have a radio show and it just launched on the 16th of December. It is every Thursday on Voice America Business Channel. Don't forget to purchase our book, Seriously Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It's a number one Amazon bestseller. There's a digital workbook download. And if you've already purchased it, please go out there, rate, and review it. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.